All right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, uh, without no no more introduction. Mark, U.S. Open semifinal, tennis open open convo. What's your take? I'm gonna start with uh the big one, Dominic and Daniel. Um, what have you seen so far, and what are you expecting? Um, yeah, it's actually going to be interesting to see um with these two because they're almost a very similar kind of game style. They're to me, they're a little bit um, uh, vanilla. Is probably not the word, but they're probably steady and nothing super flamboyant, and it's just right rock solid. Um, so it's almost to me, it's like two bowling balls bashing into each other, and um, mm-hmm. who's going to crack first? So uh, you know, I would almost prefer this to be a final than a semi-final in my eyes. They, mm-hmm. These two are probably. Um, the ones I would like to say, one of them is going to win a slam. Um, unfortunately, it's a semi-final. But um, I think potentially maybe they've just got maybe a little bit more flash that I like mm-hmm. than, than Dominic team is just a little bit more um, uh, same, same, mm-hmm. same, 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 all day long. So, uh, would yeah, you say- kind of... That's my little my little take. A little bit of variation might be enough. Uh-huh. Would you would you say Dominic team if he if he uh, execute his back end well enough, um, trying to remain um, trying to minimize his uh, unforced error, could he be just you know get the extra edge on the fourth set or finals on the fifth set? Because I, I, yeah, I don't right. think I don't think it will be a straight set. That's for sure. That's my opinion. Uh, because yeah. they are going to be rallying out. Uh, we're talking fitness. We're talking experience. We're talking that that fight. You know, on that thirty forty. We're talking that you know um, cross court. We're talking that extra step. So I think I think I agree with you with with Daniel. We'll, we'll have that because he was he was there or here last year. However, yeah. Dominic was. At the grandstand final a few months back, although yes, you know we keep talking pre-COVID and all that, but I feel like he knows what's it like serving for the match, and he's not going to give it away to us, anyone else again. Yeah, and that's what will be interesting to see what he's learned in that situation. Like um, it's kind of like the golf you uh, you drive for show and you putt for dough. All those other opening rounds and early matches, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are just a little bit of. Um, a little bit of lipstick, and now it's you know it comes to the pointy end. And what has he learned? What's he really improved? And mm. and you know, and can he? It's okay to say that, but then also can he produce it when he needs to? Mm. He'll have to. Be, I, I think he'll have to be a little bit more dynamic against Medvedev. Like he just can't stay back and just try to mm. outgrind him because Medvedev just uses the pace and redirects the ball, and probably you know is a little bit bigger hitter when it comes to it. So he'll have to. I kind of feel like teams going to have to do a little bit more, maybe try to get in and sneak mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, the, I think the more he spends on the baseline, the worse his uh, situation will be. But um, it'll be an interesting, yeah, an interesting to see if he, you know, has has learned, you know, to be in the situation. And uh, there'll be no crowd, so that's yep. taken the whole emotion side out of it as well. You know, you'll probably be able to hear their heart beating when they walk out on the court. It'll be that bloody quiet. Okay, speaking of the crowd, speaking of, do you think it's uh, who's gonna who's gonna uh, what's the word? How do you who who who's in favor when there's no crowd? Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know if it favors anyone. It's, I think it'll be more about, in a sense, it may take a little bit of the um, external. 
expectations and maybe the external pressures off because you're not playing to a packed house. You know, you may not have had that whole build up and you know, Medvedev has had in the past he's had some issues with some spectators and <laughs> he enjoys, seems to enjoy that crowd environment. So, you know, is it is it better or worse for him that there's no one there? Um, I don't know. Um, it's it's all new situations for both the guys and but they've played, you know, a couple of matches already in that scenario. I don't think it's gonna be a uh, a massive factor. I think it'll be a little bit more um you know, determined elsewhere. Now, Dominic hasn't had any, I guess, all right, I agree with you, he went, he, he plays some, you know, net game, but I don't think he's going to play games such as, you know, three meters behind the back, uh, probably not three meters, probably two meters behind yeah. the, 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 the baseline, and then all of a sudden just put a, a drop shot like what Roger would do or Novak would do. Do you think it's something that he's going to try to get out of his comfort zone, doing something very different for the first time in this tournament, and really trying to get into um, Daniel's head? Yeah, I think he probably knows what he needs to do tactically against Medvedev. I, I don't know, there's, um, you know, these guys are, or played each other, you know, a few times. They all know each other's game. It's not, you know, he's not all of a sudden going to be serve volleying, mm-hmm. you know, in the big moments or, you know, playing a totally different. He's got to go with what he feels really comfortable with. And and he may be thinking, you know, if he plays his game at like a, a 90% or 95% level of his natural game, that he may believe that that's going to be enough to beat Medvedev. So he may just stick to what he knows best and try to execute that as best as possible. Okay. And then if things are not working, mm-hmm. then you can throw in some variations and throw in some options. Um, you know, he's got he's got some good feel and he's you know, he does hit the droppy pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. it's on hard court, so yeah. What what about be. What about um, when when Tim actually got his back end and also his back end slice, which is one of my favorite shots? Is that yeah. do you think he's going to utilize his back end slice to one dismantle and two put the ball low cross court? Yeah, I think that's where he'll he'll have to try to just maybe take a bit of pace off on some of the groundies mm-hmm. to Medvedev. He's a good counter puncher and he loves the, the heat on the ball. So if he takes a bit of speed off and not give Medvedev what he wants. Mm-hmm. That's going to uh, increase his chances of success, and um, I think if he can, yeah, be able to play cross for a few shots and then try to open up down the line mm-hmm. and create some space, and um, that may be a good thing. But then knowing that, Medvedev probably doesn't want to go too often to the backhand all day long. So yeah. you know, maybe off those slides, Medvedev goes slides up the line to teams forehand and gets him on the run. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if uh, teams cracking his backside in the backhand corner, you know, he may then go up the line and get team, to, you know, on the other side of the court, get him on the move and create space that way as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it, the good thing about this is it becomes a real tactical battle instead of just two, you know, firebombs that are just crunching down serves all day long. So it becomes a, you know, a quite intriguing battle. Okay, well... In this very match, what do you think our junior tennis players can find or learn from? Um, I think it's going to be good if you know to look at um, just choices of shot when players are in really challenging situations. You mm-hmm. know, when they're really on the move, their ability. You know, team. You know, when we saw him here in Melbourne during the Aussie Open, his court coverage was unreal. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he was an absolute machine. Um, 
and you know he just covered the court so well in so many defensive situations. He was able not only to get the ball back, but to get it back in awkward areas of the court, which made it challenging for his opponent. So, you know, I find sometimes potentially juniors, you know, they get on the run and then they go to Slappy Gilmore and try to hit a winner. If they hit it, they feel like a hero and they miss it. They go, oh, well, you know, whatever. Whereas, you know, those are the situations where you don't know if your opponent can get another two balls into play from that moment and that rally. So mm-hmm. test them out, make them play. So I look at that side of it. And then, you know, I potentially also look at um, just the way the players handle themselves after they make some errors. Like, yep. How do they respond? You know, does one mistake lead to two or three easy unforced errors? Or does one mistake lead to a really tough next point and how they back it up and not give away too many three points in a row and try to hang on to momentum. Mm. Whereas I think sometimes in juniors, you know, one error, you start to hear that you're, <laughs> you start to hear your opponent talking to themselves and, you know, they start talking more and more and more and then you get this snowball effect of, you know, all of a sudden you, that's all you hear is your opponent going, oh my God, I can't do this, I can't do that, how bad am I? Mm-hmm. And you know, and it starts with one, you know, one or two mistakes, and then it snowballs out of control. So right. they're kind of the two areas that I would, uh, that I'd be, you know, I'd be sitting with and, and having a look at. Right, that's beautiful. Now, are we expecting tie breaks? I reckon maybe. Uh, I reckon the first, either one or the first two sets will be a buster mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I reckon that'll be it'll be a pretty tight first two sets. I don't know who's going to win it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of thinking that it'll be a bit of a, yeah, be two guys, two boxers there just punching each other's lights out for the first couple of sets. Right. Okay. Now, just quickly on this, on the second match, um, I'm not going to say this is the weaker match to watch, but my first question about PCB, in your opinion, um, did you think PCB is playing uh, the tournament of his life? Um. He's been, well, I wouldn't say he's been, you, you could only beat, like any player would love to have, you know, a comfortable draw to get to the later stages in the second week. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Like this isn't a, such an extraordinary US Open with everything that's going on. And yep. all you can do is play the guys who are up the other end of the court. They're obviously playing well to win matches. Mm-hmm. You're obviously playing well to win matches as well. So, you know, he could have, he could have lost those matches and not been in this situation. And then we talk about, wow, he had some really good opportunities and he didn't make the most of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he may have had his, his expectations that he should win these matches. And sometimes they're not the easy ones to, to win when you've got these expectations. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I would say that, you know, he's just, I wouldn't say it's been a dream draw for him, but, he, you know, he's still got to play. He's still got to win. Like these guys are good. Right. <laughs> These now, guys are real good, and you know mm-hmm. he's been very economical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes you need a you know some a little bit of a um, luck to go your way or the cards to fall your way. In fact, you have got to make the most of it. So right. uh, just because you get an easier round or an, potentially what some people might see as an easier draw, mm-hmm. you still got to win it, and mm-hmm. you still got to play and be mentally switched on. So uh, yeah, I think and that, he's that kind of competitor as well. Like he. He's 
his good days and his bad days are, you know, are not too far apart. So, mm. you know, now, we know that AZ really plays like a weather, like a Melbourne weather. Sometimes good, sometimes yeah. bad, sometimes 28 double faults, sometimes 28 aces. Um, if he collects everything, all, all his weapons at the right time, at the right place, um, could he take out PCB in straight sets? Oh, for sure. Like, if, if, you know, he has one of those days where he's on, then, you know, sometimes as an opponent, you don't have much of a say in what goes on. Unfortunately, he's playing, you know, a pretty much a, a very good brick wall. <laughs> <You know? laughs> True. And it's going to be a scenario is that, you know, can that brick wall just, um, you know, weather the storm if the storm does arise? You know, if he comes out and just cranking serves and smashing balls left, right and centre, you know, um, PCB's got to be just be able to weather that and keep making him play and the more shots he gets, you know, the greater chance he has of missing. So mm. I'm kind of guessing that he's, it's going to be that scenario where, you know, PCB's just going to be hustling as much as possible and, you know, being a really counter-attacking phase of play for a lot of the match, you know, and maybe that's enough to, you know, give him enough rope and, you know, he may tangle himself up and you know, and internally combust. Yeah, I agree. I, re- I reckon PCB, as you said, he's just going to extend the rallies. He's going to play a bit of like Ferrer and then just trying to attack and then just trying to, as you said, like a wall and then make sure AZ just go, you know what, I'm tired of this and start giving, you know, giving free points. And I think, and I think in my back of my mind, I feel like PCB can win. Either he plays off his face or um, creating errors that AZ is giving him to, to himself. Yeah, very much so. And that, you know, we talked about before about what juniors look for. That I reckon that this is exactly that kind of match. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like that um, uh, Zverev, you know, will really have to play tight to the corners of the court to try to, you know, be super effective. You know, you can't play two meters inside the line against, you know, PCB because he's going to hustle those balls down mm-hmm. and do some damage. So, you know, it's going to be that scenario of, um, yeah, of how much, you know, of how much can, you know, um, Zverev really push it and really, you know, redline it, so to speak, you know, mm. before starting to go, you know, out of control. Right. Now, a lot of times when I see a player, I also see the player where, you know, he or she came from, like the previous match. You know, they say that you're only as good as your last match. Now, PCB went against a very good backender, okay, Dennis, yep. which is a young guy, but I reckon Dennis is also a, a bit of a risk taker. You know, he goes for his shots, you know. Sure. So I, th- I think that PCB, um, I mean, PCB was like he was really good with, with that five-setter win and bringing that confidence. Do you think he's taking that confidence against a good backhander um, like Dennis and really take that um, confidence and go, you know what, my backhand's covered I'm going to take it on to AZ and then and then just shut AZ down as much as possible. And knowing AZ, he's got he does have solid backhand. So now leaving AZ only got service game. Yeah, and I think that's the way you know um, ACB, uh, ACB is going to be thinking that you know he'll have the ground strokes to match um, Zverev from the back of the court. You know, if it just turns into a groundy rally. You would think that he'd, he'd just lap that kind of stuff up, and mm. you'll have to try to nullify the serve in the first ground strike. Like if he serves well, you know he's got to just try to, you know, maybe be ready to put the skates on and run 
for the first couple of shots of the rally, but then you know try to neutralise it so he gets into that bit of um, bit of a grind as mm. much as possible. And you know if Zverev can maintain his level for long periods of time, then that's a totally different story. You know, I'm guessing um, you know it's, it's, it kind of feels like there's a matter of time that Zverev runs out of serves or runs out of forehands and he starts missing and he starts you know um, getting loose. Mm. Um, you know, and it's and it's up to him to try to harness that in and not uh, not overdo it, and then just you know handball the match over to his opponent. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's it's a good that's... contrast, though. It's a really mm. good contrast. Mm. It's a very, I would uh, not only a good contrast. It's a very different game. Like if you really look into yeah. it, you know, it's really. And then for all the listeners out there, you know, um, just uh, even if you're watching it, you listen to this convo. I don't know, 2025 is still worth going back because 2020 has been a very interesting year, and it creating a lot of plots, twist, and making tennis players play. I guess a little bit different because one, there's no crowd, as everyone would know, and plus we have a new first time ever, uh, I guess, new Grand Slam champion potentially, and very, yeah. f- very new semi final for the first time. So for yeah, a very long right. time, so it's really much everyone's game. So it's really good to, you know, like if I were you, like I would just prepare my popcorns. I will have my popcorns ready. I'll have my put my feet up. And just really watch the, all the all the little details, as you mentioned, like you know, body language, how you react of the point, and um, what are you feeding off? Um, are you feeding off your, your from your coach? And again, little things like that will make a yeah. difference. So, finally, then, my- I think, <laughs> sorry, the thing that I find really awesome about this semi-finals, like you're talking about, is you know, people at the start of the tournament were talking, at, you know, will the winner have an asterisk beside their name, like? They've won a slam, but it's really not a slam. Yeah. Like in my eyes, in my eyes, if you can win a slam in this current climate with all the restrictions, uh-huh. all the extra things that you've got to do, that says something to me about your mentality and the way you're able to handle adversity. Like these are not perfect conditions for the players. Like they've got a mask on, yeah. you know, and they can't socialise like they normally would. And risking and, themselves and as well. Restricted. Mm-hmm. So being able to to cope with that yep. and get out of your comfort zone and still be able to perform, man, rub that asterisk out of there and I reckon you need a massive pick. And, it's, and to me, whoever wins the title, um, you know, to me, there's, you know, they've got some some resilience, some toughness and some adaptability that you need. And, um, mm. you know, sometimes there's players that can only play good in perfect conditions, you know, and you know, it's got to, I can't play in the wind or I can't play when it's <laughs> sunny or I can't play when it's cold. Like, that's, I'm, that's too bad. You're not going to get those days. So you've got to be um, resilient, adaptable, and, you know, work with what you've got and to be able to cope with that and, and win a slam, mm-hmm. man, that, that says a lot. So I take my hat off to whoever can walk away from uh, these two weeks with the title and even just, you know, like make the second week that's, mm-hmm. that's you know an awesome effort I, I, I totally agree I mean it's not like this slam everyone you know like it's only I don't know 16 draws it's still still 128 draws everyone still have to play you know if you win it you have to have play 7 matches you know it's not like the courts got smaller or you know, you know the courts are you know, different, um, and I, I think that the mental side like if I if I were any of these 128 or 256 players um, walking in you're going to wear a mask, take risk, you know, and plus, first week, we all knew, 
that we had player, you know, got a positive and then and then affected on the I think it was women's doubles first seed. Yeah. And I think you know, um, you know, I, I forgot. Uh, yeah, one of the player, she was literally six one five two up serving for the match and end up losing the match. You know, it gets in the head, and I totally agree with you. Shouldn't be putting on an asterisk just because you know, or just because COVID or just because the the big three didn't play. I mean. You gotta put the hats off to them because they're willing to do it. And again, you gotta give some credits to USTA for hosting. They were. I remember it was one of the player who posted an Instagram story. I think it was Luke Savile from from Melbourne. He he said like it's, it's, there was a little um, a sign says if you if you pass beyond this point you'll get penalised and you won't be considered as a player. You know, so little things like that that just sets a boundary and says you know we're gonna keep the players safe. At the same time. Well, the the downside is that unlike other Grand Slam from the past, where you got all these festivals and funds, you you work with the, you know, with the, your fans and all that, you know, you get your you know you, everyone living you know at, at their own conditions. But now they have to be so restricted. So once you are in this you know um, environment, you got to work extra hard mentally. So yeah, 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 and it's almost a level. It, it's- it evens out the playing field a little bit because I know here in Melbourne, like the <clears throat> the, the mega rich are getting houses and they've got to cook and they've got a really yeah. nice environment to go back to. Whereas here, everyone's thrown in the dormitories together and yes. you know it's a school, it's a school camp and mm. you know and, <laughs> school camp and and you know you got to then make the decision you know you know how you're going to go about it and how you're going to cope with that and uh, mm-hmm. you know these. The top players had the option to come here. They just chose not to. So that, and the top players have a choice to go to any slam they want to. They don't have to go to every single slam. Mm. So you know, for them, you know, not to come to this one, that's their choice. And you know, that doesn't dim- diminish the quality of the event and the quality of the player that needs to. Man, it- there's there's a, a thousands and thousands of players would love to be able to play the second week of a Grand Slam. You know, irrelevant if the top four, the best are there or not there, like, you know, I'd give a, I'd give all my internal organs away to be in that second week where these guys are mm. right now at the US Open. So, mm. you know, all credit to them. I mean, totally, which brings us on our next big one is that, okay, we're still seeing quality tennis. I mean, look at, look at um, Azarenka. Mother, you know, she's, lead, you know, heading towards, a, you know, she, she had a um, downtime and now she's coming back. She's playing finals. Uh, I think in in few days, you know, quality tennis, quality tennis yep. against um, uh, Naomi. So, for for women's singles, right? In short, it's gonna be one of those young, fit, power versus crafty, experienced, and just consistency. It is gonna be yeah. so interesting for for juniors to watch this and go, hmm, okay. So, are we playing strategy? Or are we playing just literally short, fast, powerful points and, and, and finished off? Again, I, I really think it's a 50-50 for this one. What's your take? Yeah, I like, um, to me, Osaka has got probably a, more firepower than Azarenka. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be a matter of as, can Azarenka stay with her for a while mm-hmm. or for as long as possible. Um, the, the speed and the pace that um, Naomi hits that, it's very deceptive, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so she's not going to give Azarenka too many opportunities to try to control the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be a situation, and Azarenka's serve is 
probably the area that I feel that Osaka will be able to attack and really put the heat on mm-hmm. and maybe make um, Azarenka a little bit self-conscious about it and um, and become that that first shot in the rally where Osaka is in control and being able to dominate. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that it goes three sets. And in a way, you know, I think it would be great for Osaka just to win it you know, a drama-free and just to prove a point that she's able to, um, you know, win a slam and do, you know, and win it without the drama that happened last time. Yeah. But, and, also, <laughs> and also, I think, you know, from a, um, from a, a from a standpoint where she's taken a stand on social injustice that's been going on, mm-hmm. she's been really prominent with it. I think it's, you know, it'll just, you know, cap cap a really good um, storyline for her and, and backing and, you know, and, and for her to take a stance on some social issues, um, you know, and to create the discussion and, and you know, to put it in the forefront. You know, who would have thought a player, you know, you wouldn't have thought five years ago a player would um, not play a match because of, you know, some social issues that are happening in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Look, I, I don't... I put my my hats off to you by pointing this out. You know, I, I think this women's final. I think both in my in my in my world, in my opinion, I think both these two, Azarenka and Osaka, they they are already winners. All right, one as you mentioned, you pointed out with Naomi. All right, social justice and and win. You know, just with drama free. That's one, and also she 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 could potentially deserve it. Azarenka, Azarenka, as a mother. As and you know, if if young girl sees that and go, you know what, Azarenka in her late twenties, I'm not, I'm, I should do my do my I'm not sure how old she, but she's in the late twenties, and even as a mother, that could also promote a lot of girls and you know, sure. young, you know, young adolescents coming back playing tennis, even with or without a kid. I have seen so often, you know, over the time, over the years, I've seen so far too many. You know, girls, you know, say goodbye to tennis 17, 18 and sort of playing sort of social tennis here and there for fun 2021. But with Azarenka being making a final, you know, making a finals, that could create some some sort of, I guess, inspiration and go, you know what, I'm going to give tennis another crack. So in a way that Azarenka's presence is helping women's tennis. And that's my opinion. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping you as a coach, you know, someone knock on the door and goes, hey, you know what? Ten years ago, I played in grade one pennant. Um, after seeing Azarenka, I want to give it a crack. Now, Mark, show me how to hit a forehand. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. And I think not only on the on the sporting field for, you know, for women that you have a child and then be able to go back out to their sport, but, you know, not only on the tennis side, but also in our normal workforce, you know. Correct. We have a lot of women that have children and then, they don't go back to the workforce and there's a lot of skill and a lot of talent in many, many fields that unfortunately, you know, industry loses. So I think it's a, uh, as you mentioned, it's, it's a great, it's a great story that um, it can be done and, you know, we're all amazed it can be done, but hopefully, you know, as this occurs and more of this occurs, it becomes a normal, that it's not an unusual thing and then it's not, you know, uh, something that, we're absolutely freaking out about that. Geez, you're a mother. How can you play? You know, <laughs> she's obviously got a great, great team around her and a great network around her to be mm. able to do that. And she's had a lot of troubles with her, her mm. child and the custody battle. And, you know, it wasn't mm. that long ago she couldn't go to these tournaments. She couldn't come to the Aussie, to the Aussie Open. She couldn't come to mm-hmm. because, 
partner wouldn't allow her to travel. Yeah. You know, or, yeah, because of the custody battle. So mm. to also to, to, to deal with that, um, yeah, you go hats off and, you know, we, we talk about resilience, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you can't, uh, you can't underestimate, you know, what she's gone through and, uh, the satisfaction of, uh, of making the final. Like, in, I think in three weeks' time, I'm going to be a parent for the first time. So I'm congratulations! Gonna, go, 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 mother, go, mother <laughs> on my side. That's for sure. Wow, I, I should have pointed. You know what? Just on that context, um, uh, the last bit of that context. You know, hats off, hats off to King Clysters. Hats off to yeah. King Clysters. Coming back, still hits the ball clean. You know, it's not made of win or, or lose, but sh- just by showing up and just. You know, doing it just inspires so many thirty plus, thirty five plus women to actually coming back in, in in professional tour. And as you said, you know, um, yeah, you know, being a parent is, you know, again, congratulations on a father in three weeks. And that will, you know, having a baby will take so much energy out of you, you know, even as a father. And I think that um, tennis has grown to. You know, I remember in the nineties, I remember my dad used to tell me like, you know, tennis players. I, look, I remember in even a Australian Open when they were trying to introduce players like as as young as well we say young as young as twenty four twenty five they consider them yeah. as veterans you know like with that yeah. had cash retire twenty six what yeah. what are you talking about man twenty six is just started you should pick up your racket at twenty six you know so yeah. now now because players like Federer Azarenka Williams you know Karlovich now tennis has gone to a whole new level you can still you know in my opinion go to college get a degree. Have a sit down with the parents, you know, thinking, oh, what do you want to do? You go pro, why not? And then go go from there. It's going to be a tough road. However, there is a tennis. There is tennis for everyone in the high level, in a final, and a Grand Slam for thirty plus, both men and women. Yeah, and you know, we used to. You're right. You know, used to think if you didn't, if you weren't making it by fifteen or sixteen, that's it. <laughs> you know, and, and, and what is and what is making it? You're like Boris Becker won Wimbledon at 17. You know that's that's a you know that's a freak. But he was built like a you know he was built like a blooming truck. So <laughs> it, it is it has become a sport of longevity. Uh-huh. Um, and if you're able to ride it out and 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 stick in there and and understand that it's you know it's. it's you don't go to university day one and get your degree. Yeah. You know, it's going to take seven or eight years and then you've got to do a master's and a PhD, whatever it takes. It could be a 10 year career before mm. you get your degree at the end of it. You don't, you don't get it on day one. And, you know, that tender side of it, it is a, it's a long distance race. Mm. It's a marathon, um, it, not a sprint, you know, and, marathon. And we get, and we get juniors saying, you know, you hear people talking about, oh, if you're not winning nationals, you know, at 12, 14, <laughs> then you're not going to make it. Um, yeah, history says and statistics say, you know, it's, it's, it becomes, there's some benchmarks that you've got to try to hit during your junior career, but it doesn't mean at the end of it. There's, there's a lot of different ways to get there and people have proven it, you know, being part of the system and not being part of the system, you know, going pro from juniors or going to college. So, you know, it's, it's what works for you and, and what your God, if you've got, desire and you've got determination and you've got professionalism and attitude, you give yourself a sniff. It doesn't guarantee, but you give mm. yourself a chance of making the most of your opportunities at least. Mm. Nice, nice. Wow. Thank you so much. And again, um, 
On the side of tennis,、uh, how are you feeling as a father or father to be or father? Like, are you, are you is is are you piling up the nappies? Are you are you preparing? Are, are you working on sleep patterns? <laughs>、uh, um, yeah, it's been weird. Like, I just actually just turned fifty yesterday. Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> yeah, so it's my bloody fiftieth because I'm going to be a dad at fifty, which is a bit weird in itself. But、um, yeah, it's it's a whole new world and a whole new game, and、uh, it's exciting. Like. I normally have kids for forty-five minutes or an hour or two hours, and they go back to their parents.、Mm. You know, in the coaching side of things, so to have a kid with me all the time is going to be a different experience. But、um, yeah, we're doing great.、Uh, my partner Sally's doing amazing, and、um, she's been super healthy and happy, which is really important. So、mm. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So、uh, we've been making the most of these mornings of just sleeping in and just not. Not doing a hell of a lot because it's all going to change apparently. So、uh, yeah, no, it's exciting times. Wow, wow. So、um, I know I don't know. It's too much to ask.、Uh, have you done any gender reveals or what's、uh, what's? No,、nah, none of that.、We're, this is one of I think not knowing the gender of your child is one of the last real surprises that you're、uh, that you can have.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, yeah, we're going. We don't know. We got、mm-hmm. no idea.、Mm-hmm. So we're just. For us, it's just one of those ones where it's just going to be a,、uh, you know, a, a, a big surprise. And、um, and I'm not for one of you know, boys have got to wear blue and girls have got to wear pink. I'm not, I'm、mm. not down on that、uh, mm-hmm. that play that、mm-hmm. playbook. I'm more about whatever you want. So I'm trying to get my kid whatever, whatever it's a boy or a girl. I want it to wear skulls and all kinds of funny, funky stuff. So <laughs> I'm happy for it.、Uh, yeah. I don't want it to have these gender stereotype roles,、mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. But、um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be happy with uh, either uh, you know a little boy or a little girl. It won't really matter to me. Right, right. Well, you know what?、Um, if you are the if your if your father is Mark, if you're listening, <laughs>、um, I'm gonna. Invite you for a combo. All right, if you're yeah, listening. Yeah,、right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It might it might take a couple of years, but yeah,、uh, yeah. I'll, we'll lock it in. Lock that like, in. You'll be, you'll be doing late night、um, TV shows.、So, no、uh, problem. We'll, we'll have to talk to your manager and、uh, and try to book you in. Oh no problem! I mean, I, I can't wait. I'll be like, I was, we, I spoke to your father many years ago. We had a convo, but、uh, you know, look, it's uh, it's been a really good ride. I gotta say. And then Mark, I, I'm not sure I said that to you last time, but、um, I, before I hit, before I hit the record button last time we spoke, and I, I actually had a bit of butterfly saying, "Wow, you know, talking to someone." That I never met in person. How am I going to go through this? And then I had like fifty questions. I end up talking to two of them, and I just had a great time just having a convo. And and at the time, I got to say, during that lockdown,、um, speaking to someone and just reaching out, and that kind of reminds me, like yesterday, are you okay day? And I was like, you know what? It's just me. Therapeutically talking to other people about something I love, and、um, I got through, you know. And I, oh, and I, I, we, we really had a had a had a good convo, and that's why I reached out to you today. I was like, hey, you know, what are your thoughts? And you know, you know, I asked for fifteen minutes, and you gave me thirty thirty five minutes of your time sharing all these beautiful things on tennis, outside tennis, in tennis, for junior tennis, for future tennis. It's amazing. So, Mark, I th- yeah, no, well, you're doing a you're doing a great job of getting the tennis name out there, mate. And、mm-hmm. uh, everyone's got a story, and but you just 
you have a good way of trying to uh, get that story out and show people's personalities. And uh, oh, it's important, and like you said, that are you okay? You know, you know. I think in a time like now with lockdown, one of the things we really realised that we, we all miss that uh, connection with people and that being able to communicate and chat with people and. Um, mm-hmm. We need to do that more and get off our bloody phones. And, <laughs> and when you're walking around the streets, walk with your head up and look ahead and not down as your palms. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it'll uh, hopefully it changes the way people behave in the future. Right. Now, can you do me a little favor, just a little, little favor? That um, No worries. Whatever I, you want. I, I, I'm a dog person. I'm a huge dog person. Um when you have the baby coming out, right, can you just make sure you have the same attention you're always giving to that? <laughs> because I've heard stories about dog being left on its corner because the, the newcomer, you know. So just lo- if you're listening, if you're, if you're dog like myself, love your dog, even where there's 100 people in the house, you know, just because they, they are the most beautiful soul and they always give everything. They, they're like, I don't know, they're like David Ferrer of... You know, like they're so loyal, and um, yeah. I saw the photos you give, and I was like, you know, I'm a big dog lover. So, um, well, well, yeah. the funny thing is, the other day we were talking about it because you know, our dogs always—it's just standing there, and we just think it's the cutest thing in the world. And we we're thinking, bloody hell, our kid has better be absolutely the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a tough choice. Who do we put outside, the child or the dog? You know? <laughs> it's going to be a really awkward choice. So that our, kid, our kid better come out singing like an angel, can paint like an artist, um, can dance like Michael Jackson, and can uh, can cook and clean from day one. Otherwise, like, I thought, you know, it's going to be a tough decision. What do I do? You know, the dog's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Um, if you again, if your father is Mark, uh, listen to this convo and hopefully. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> right. Okay, Mark, you have been amazing. I'll upload this um, a little bit later tonight, and hopefully, um, our more more of our listeners can get a good insight of, you know, uh, US Open semis as well as women's final, um, and all the listeners out there. It's not something you just listen to. Go, yeah, yeah it's twenty twenty US Open. You can still listen to this convoy at 2025. You know, it's it's so useful with Mark's knowledge and value and also tennis wisdom on and off the court. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have. And again, Tennis of Melbourne, City of Love. This is Tom here. Thanks for listening on Spotify, CastBox and elsewhere. So, and uh, yeah, goodbye everyone. Mark, you want to say goodbye to all our 50 million friends? <laughs> yes, and uh, 50 million and one shortly, but no, um, it's been great. Great chatting, and uh, keep on all the listeners. Keep on listening, and uh, keep uh, keep getting educated, and uh, keep playing tennis. Yes, yes. Thank you very much, um, and then have a good one, guys. Let's hopefully we all get back on the court. And until next time, my name's Tom. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs> Cheers.